evening, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the show where a group of friends gather in a creepy basement, run around, kill some motherfuckers, and then go up to the next floor. I am your host, the angel of death herself, Megan. And with me tonight, I have the trash man, Andrew. Hey, look, you insult the wife, you go in the fucking tombstone, okay? Wow, I didn't even try. Shit, give me a second. <laughs> we have... God damn it, stop laughing at it! Huh. Huh. We have our favorite sentient skeleton, Amandul. <laughs> Skull joke. And then we have our actual three dachshunds and a pug in a trench coat, Roots of Justice. Hey, kid. You want to go see a dead body? I'll be honest. For tonight's episode, I'm not imagining three dachshunds. I'm imagining Roots is the gif of the corgi that is just murdering that cabbage. <laughs> Have you ever seen the one where it's like, they, they like give like a sad, tragic backstory of like how the cabbage yes! killed his family? Yes, they give him a face. It's like, no. <laughs> just Roots of Justice is just like, Argh! Anyway. If you haven't guessed by all the murder skulls and edgelord jokes, tonight we are talking about Angels of Death, the 2018 show from JC Staff based on the hit RPG Maker game. If you haven't heard about this show, a quick plot summary from Crunchyroll says that when Rachel, a little blonde-haired 14-year-old girl, and may I mention that she's 14, when Rachel wakes up in the basement of an unfamiliar building, she finds herself lost in, uh, lost of all of her memories. As Rachel tries to get clear of the basement, she runs into Zack, a scythe-carrying serial killer wrapped from head to toe in bandages. Kill me. Kill me, please. I will do it, but only if you're the one to help me get out of the building. This bizarre promise brings the two together and somehow makes them irreplaceable partner to each other. Where are they? Why are they trapped? What is And what is their destiny that they have been looking for? Do they know things? Let's find Damn out. Damn it, I was gonna do it. I was like, <laughs> tonight! You didn't even do it. It's like, angels of death. Who are they? What do they are know? They? Do they know things? Let's find Thanks. out. Tonight on Dub Talk. I would also like to know that because I read this off the Crunchyroll description, it has a viewers also liked section, which includes Kill the Kill, Ruby, Blade and Soul, and Nyanbo. What a Fucking strange selection of things. I don't think they know like how, how to work at this show. <laughs> it's, hey, it's no better than when I go in funny Funimation. It's like, I like watching Free and Tokyo Ghoul and all this cutesy shit. You want to watch Dragon Ball Z? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Point being, re re recommended. Don't you wanna rock the dragon? Look, recommend, <laughs> recommended, recommended algorithms for any site are kind of inherently bullshit because you watch you watch Naruto on Netflix and they assume, hey, you wanna watch Devil Man Cry Baby? <laughs> hey kids. Hey, you just got done watching Bambi. Might I suggest Fate Zero? I'm 11. Why are all these children dying? <laughs> Why does this man's face look like a gecko fucked- <laughs> A gecko fucked Gary Buscemi? Okay. 
<laughs> Steve Buscemi, who the fuck is that? I don't even know who Gary Buscemi is. Gary Buscemi is my OC of Steve Buscemi. <laughs> what show are we talking about again? Buscemi's We're talking like about Angels of Death. Rock. How do you do, fellow kids, persona? Jesus Christ. God, shut up. Anyway, today we're attempting to talk about Angels of Death. Uh, so we are obviously going to be doing impressions on the first six episodes. Uh, now, we did plan to do up to episode seven, because as of the night of this recording, uh, episode seven is out. However, the one character that we were looking for to be in that episode has no confirmed actor. While we do have a very clear guess on who it is without clearance of without the official word of the director or the studio we are not going to be talking about the character gray uh and by the way guys there are literally like five characters so this should not be long but it's us so uh strap yourselves in for a five-hour discussion on how zach wraps his bandage around his dick i hope your chair is comfortable <laughs> oh by the oh way, boy okay. i did before not sign begin... up i did not sign up for bandage dicks before we begin, like, I, Megan knows this story, but I gotta tell it to, uh, Andrew Because you tell one. your girlfriend every. And the audience. You tell your girlfriend every. Okay. Uh, so, I was doing my predictions for Angels of Death, and. Okay. I had not done Grey yet, when everything was, like. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Should we wait for when we discuss the character Grey to talk this? We're, we're not, not talking about him. Oh, that's why I'm okay. doing it now because we're we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about him in the episode. Okay, my bad. Continue. So I was I was doing gonna do a prediction for him because he has a character design, but I figured okay, you know what? I'm gonna wait and see what he sounds like in Japanese. So mm-hmm. I didn't, and then I never got to re- got around to watching beyond like episode two in Japanese, and. I had to make a snap prediction, but I didn't want to go to ANN to look up the name of the character because I had forgotten it. So instead, I just write down that Gilgamesh looking motherfucker. I like that title. That reminds me, I, I've done similar situations where it's like, I just do not remember what this character's name and I just call them some shit as to remember them. So yeah, this fucking asshole. This fucking asshole. All right. Wait, wait, Speaking wait, wait, of, uh, wait. You remember characters' names? I just write down their hair color. You mean this guy guys. isn't named? <laughs> so you mean their names aren't Blonde Doll and Bandage Dick? <laughs> like sometimes when I when I don't have the name and I and like the episodes out and I don't want to look up predictions so I'm not spoiled. Like I I get it. I put down Gary, Bill, Ted. That Gilgamesh-looking motherfucker. That Fucker. that Gilgamesh-looking motherfucker. Okay. Spe- okay. Look, I can't say anything. I call half the token Rombu cast by their actors' name. It gets really confusing. You know what also is confusing? G- getting people to direct and write things. Yeah. This is that, a true that's fact. something. You studied the school of Segway. I'm so proud. I actually absorbed your Segway powers in Dallas. Mm. Uh, so that's what that creepy hand was on you at five in the morning. Okay, that went in a direction. Oh, <laughs> that one, yeah. That I did not mean for that to go creepy, but it did. Uh, so predictions for directors and writer. I have one for writer and two for directors, but we're gonna do this in the order of uh, Patrick, then Amon, then Andrew, and then myself. So uh, Roots, start us off. So I basically had just one 
prediction for director and one for scriptwriter. Because uh, this was, like, this was pretty blatantly a horror anime. So I'm just like, you know what? Who, which, uh, which Funimation directors really like horror? Oh, hey, Terry Doty. So, there we go. That I predicted Terry Doty as the ADR director. And, you know, I, I think I've said this in the, uh, the Junji Ito collection episode. Oh, wait, no, we didn't do predictions in Junji Ito. Um, God, where did I... But I, I basically said, like, a good horror is like a comedy, so for scriptwriter, I just picked one of the one of the predominantly comedy scriptwriters I could find. And, you know, also because this show's kind of goofy in and of itself, so I predicted for my scriptwriter, Aaron Dismuke. Okay. Nice. Uh, Amon? Uh, I did not have predictions for director and writer, uh, although if I'd sat down and think about it, I probably would have also picked Terry Doty for the same reason uh, Roots uh, suggested. Uh, I know she's probably the big horror person at Funimation, at least according to her Twitter feed, um, so she probably would have had fun with this, so that makes sense. And then, Andrew, you do not have predictions you told uh, me? It's basically, I was kind of thrown in this one in this group at the last minute after the cast was already announced. So I didn't really make anything. So I'm sort of the observer here, more or less. All right, cool. So I had uh, one for writer, and that was, of all people, Kristen McGuire. Hmm. Uh, judging by her Twitter, she said she was going to be writing something darker this season. Uh, so I figured it was either this or it was Magical Girl Raising Project. Because those were the two really dark shows this season. Mm. Hmm. And then for my directors, uh, Clifford Chapin put out a challenge of guess what I'm directing. So I said, fuck it. I guess Clifford Chapin. Because frankly, I figured the guy was going to do something like lighthearted after getting off the Franks machine. And Angels of Death, I did watch the Japanese first before I made predictions. While it is dark, it is also very doofy. Yeah. It is a very goofy show. Um, I just started laughing and imagined the phrase getting off of the robot. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop being horny on main. Never. No horny on main allowed. Okay, I'm I'm done. If you think of it, next time you get horny on main, I'm reminding you that Zach's dick is probably bandaged. Uh, it, it's sort of like it's sort of like how when we were watching Udapri, I kept saying tapioca every time Gigi kept seeing Camu. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck. Why is that Lucard from Symphony of the Night here? Udapri's weird. Let's continue. I I already hear my mother whistling at me to shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're in for a good night, and, folks. And then, um, my other prediction for director, because I didn't know where this gentleman was going to go. Um, and I, I figured, I think when I was going through, like, all the shows with Roots of predicting directors, I didn't know where this guy was going to end up, because I don't know what he likes to direct. And he just, I just put Jeremy Inman. <laughs> Because yeah. this wasn't the type of show I haven't seen. I've seen Jeremy Inman direct yet. And I was like, oh, okay, I really kind of want Jeremy Inman to do. Like, I'm going to watch Golden Kamui and I'm going to go back and eventually watch Hakata Tonkatsu Ramens. But 
I'm like, please just like let not put Jeremy on the schlock show this season. Keep if Ron Howard voice, he is anyway. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, the only other person I probably would have put on in on this under the logic of who likes horror at Funimation is Mike McFarlane, but he's already doing Attack on Titan, so we couldn't. Yeah, Mike, McFor- Mike McFarlane loves horror anime. And as it turns out, he's on, like, two shows this season as well, so... Unf- Unfortunate, I am so sorry about the other one that he's on. This may surprise the viewers at home, but we're not the biggest fans of Isekai, let's put it like that. Nor are we the biggest fans of really creepy power fantasy Isekai like Ragnarok. Mm. It's the kind of thing that. Well, look know, if, if you, you like it. If right. you like it, sure. But eh. if you like it, good on you. I hope you're enjoying the dub. I hope you're having fun with this season. Not anybody on this episode because we can't speak for everybody else. True, true, true. So, with that being said, we are all completely wrong. Directing this is Tyler Walker, and writing this is Caitlin Barr. Tyler Walker, you'll know as the director for series such as Fairy Tale, Is This a Zombie, and Tokyo ESP. Caitlin Barr, you'll also kn- you'll know for writing series such as Citrus. She has done some writing for One Piece, and she is the God Blessed Mother fucking Angel of the Year. She is also currently the writer for Free Dive to the Future, mm. and that writing is, Amen, sister. So, Patrick, start. I keep calling. I'm sorry, by the way, I keep calling him Patrick because that's how I have to call him to my mom. <laughs> because reminder that we're dating. So I Blush. keep calling him that instead of Roots. Cool. <laughs> anyway, Roots, talk about Tyler Walker while I'm being dumb. <laughs> Alright, so... For all of those who have listened to this podcast for the, the three, four or so years I've been on it, which, if you have, we're sorry. Uh, like, one of the things I particularly look for in anime dubs, uh, uh, simple two words. Snap and banter. And this, this show is kind of one of those cases where it's really, really important. Because, as we mentioned before, there are only five named characters in the show. Actually, six. Because... The, the one we're not talking about, because he doesn't have a confirmed actor yet. Mm-hmm. But with only six named characters, only, like, a handful of, like, wall of bits and, like, all of that, you need to rely entirely on the character acting of a very small group of people. And I'm really happy to say that, at least for the first six episodes of the show... It is really good. Like, the scripts, they, I won't say they feel natural, but they feel, they feel like a grindhouse horror film. And, like, jokes fly left and right. There's very grisly things being mentioned. There's, like, and nobody skips a beat. That is something I can really respect, and in terms of just, like, the dialogue, it's one of my favorite shows of Funimation Summer or Simuldub season. And same, conju- 
same can be said about the direction, too. It, like, the characters sound the way I feel like they should. Um, they get some really nice moments here and there where they, where the actors can just go wild. And I'm, I'm really happy that, like, it, it, it feels like Tyler Walker just, let ev let all the actors off of a leash into the booth, and it just, uh, it's it's just superb, superb. Uh, so I will pass it on. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Roots. Uh, I'm really enjoying this stuff. Uh, like as Roots mentioned, this has got like this is a very tiny cast. It is, it's for the most part, it is basically two reoccurring characters, and then like maybe one or two others every episode or so. Um, so this is very. This is definitely something that hinges a lot on finding actors who have good chemistry, who can work play off each other very well. Because uh, if you don't, the whole show is going to fall apart. Because who wants to listen to two people who aren't fun to listen to interact with each other for sixteen episodes? Nobody. That's who. Oh, yeah, this has sixteen episodes. What a weird number. Yeah, I, I, I'll get in. Yeah, I, I'll get into that in the final thoughts. Because um, I also find that strange but uh I'm, I'm really enjoying this i think it has been very well cast uh i think the people who have been cast like there is wonderful chemistry between all these characters um you know particularly between uh zach and ray but also between them and the antagonists they encounter and i think the writing feels very sharp and snappy it has a lot of pop to it uh it's clearly written by people who know that you know this is not a dour horror tv show this is sort of the weird this is it's not The Exorcist. It's Friday the 13th. And this is being written by people who understand that difference, and I appreciate that. Because uh, there's nothing worse than people trying to write horror who don't understand the kind of horror they're making. It, it gets very tedious very quickly. Uh, so I, I'm enjoying this a lot. This has been a lot of fun to watch, and I'm very happy. Uh, Andrew? Uh, yeah, more or less, this is... This is a very small show in regards to like the characters we're interacting with and what they're doing this is very much a show where you need to be on top of refining what only a few characters ha have like it's impressive to have a consistent sounding show with a giant ensemble cast but there's also praise to be had and to be given for a show with like three characters and for all of them to consistently sound interesting and at the top of their game and i'd say one in particular is especially really strong and the rest are really good really entertaining and very consistent uh the script is a lot more wild and zany than i think i was expecting because there's a couple of lines that are said in the show and a couple your mom okay just the the part I was not expecting to hear Zach in all of his infinite dumbassery just say like basically that's what your mother said like are you for fucking real you psycho man child <laughs> I, I I just you come out and fight me you little necrophiliac <laughs> God there's so many there's so many random clips of of just Zack saying shit. Where it's just like... 
Man, what the fuck, Ethan? And it's always fascinating to hear what he's gonna say. It's just like, it's a jack-in-the-box of chaos, and it's really interesting. But yeah, no, I think the script is... You can definitely tell that this is somebody who was very into this, the material they were working with, and the director did a r really good job making, like, the, the, the players he was working with really refining them... And even working with some less refined ones and making them sound really good and convincing. So yeah, good job. Alright, so I'm going to get Tyler out of the way really quick because I want to focus a lot on Caitlin Barr. Uh, Tyler Walker did a really good job getting a, a cast of character, a cast of actors who range from being very well known and kind of very much household names to names that are starting to become more household names, to uh, a niche actor who I think is completely underutilized, to somebody who's brand new. Obviously, I'm not going to say where where they go in each place. You'll find out later. You'll find out as we go on tonight, as we go down deeper and deeper into the basement of murder. Tune in to find out. <laughs> out. Next week on BoJack Horseman. Oh, that comes back next week. I'm so excited. Abad, are you excited? Yes. Are you ready to feel I, like shit? I, I guess I don't have a lot of choice, do I? Andrew is really into BoJack Horseman, and I totally forgot about it. Abad um, and I are like, he's like the only other person I know who actively watches it, and it makes me happy. I'm like, I, I've watched like bits and pieces. I need to get back to BoJack. Yeah, um, I, I need to catch up. I'm on like season three. <laughs> Legit. It's just rough. I I'm just gonna say... Yeah, yeah Bojack's is such a good show, though. It hurts. It hurts, like... So worth it. Mm. Okay. Could I want... Just, just, okay, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I really I really enjoy that Tyler Walker uh, d did this for his dub. Um, obviously, this is a person who... Because he especially... Because he, he worked on Fairy Tale. Mm-hmm. Tyler Walker probably is, outside of the people who directed One Piece, I would imagine, is probably the, probably him and Kyle specifically are two, uh, are two directors that I really enjoy a lot of their casting on because it is completely unpredictable and it uses actors that you really, you know really well, sometimes in conventional places and sometimes in unconventional places, but it really works even though that person's a really big name. So I really appreciate the direction on this show. But let's talk about Caitlin Barr's writing. And this is something that I appreciate as somebody who is super into dubs, but also as somebody who just is genuinely getting into the show and wants to play the game for this. She actually sat and played the game. Mm. Mm. Yep. She sat and played the entire game. Uh, I believe before she knew that she was going to be on the project. Um, that being said, uh, like, that being said, I enjoy the fact that this is a dub that is not 100% tied to its Japanese track. Because I, I enjoyed the first two episodes of Angels of Death that I saw in Japanese. I am somebody who much prefers to watch this in English. Um, if I'm correct, I believe Caitlin Barr said that not only did they use the original game for this, they also were grabbing the manga 
I didn't even know there was a manga through... of this. Yes, yes, there is a manga of Angel of Death. That, so that they would be consistent with certain terminology used in the game and in the manga so that it would translate over to the English. And the amount of time and effort that has to take. Because not only is she writing this, like I said, she's also writing Free Dive to the Future, which is another show with a fan base that's probably very, very particular on how this show is being written. Mm. And that's a, and that's something that, that speaks a lot of volume to me as a fan. It's, hey, I may not myself be familiar with this franchise, but the fact that you've gone so far out of your way as a writer and with your director to do all of this for a show that is... As much as I really enjoy it, it's also a niche enjoyment. I know a lot of people who tried the show and just didn't like it. Uh, but then again, I think it's also in the argument of Amon. It's like, this is Friday the 13th. This isn't Shiki. No. Right. This isn't a horror show like Shiki. This is dumb and stupid. Hmm. In the best way possible. It, it, it like, kind of reminds I, me in regards to like uh, Danganronpa 3 and Christopher Bevins, where it's like, there was a lot of miles that were taken in regards to like, pleasing the fan the fandom of Danganronpa for that series when you really didn't have to but even going that extra mile is something I truly ad admire yeah it's it and especially for people who are like oh dubs are so lazy they cast the same seven people they don't really care about these shows it's like no if if you ever needed a sign to whack you upside the fucking head of your ignorance it's Caitlin Barr's dedication and Tyler Walker's dedication and the whole cast of crews, honestly, to how much effort they put into doing this. Also reminding everybody that they're doing this on a week-to-week -week basis where they don't know where the anime is going to go because you don't know how much the anime is going to follow the game. Right. Mm. So there's a lot of moving parts to something to this show, despite it having a small cast of characters. And there's you know still, it's like, the nature of it being a game, you also may not know which which of possibly many divergent paths an adaptation would take. That reminds me. Amon, you are our resident expert of the game of Angels of Death, or at least the one we could find on such short notice. Does this game have <laughs> multiple paths and endings? No. It is fairly linear. Okay, so it's got to go follow one linear path. Yes. Okay. But it's uh, but it's like how much are they going to expand? Yes, thank they, you, they have, they have they have they have. If you watch the anime and you play the game, they do adapt things. Admittedly, a lot of it is coming out stuff that, while entertaining as a video game, would be kind of boring to watch as a show. Um, but yeah, they are adapting stuff, so it's not going to okay. be a direct one to one ratio, regardless. Uh, okay, so yeah, point still stands. There's a lot of moving parts. I appreciate the time mm -hmm. and effort. So, are we good to move on to our first character? Because we get to talk about people individually, for once. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, cool. So we're going to start off on the second to last floor. Because the last, the floor, there's the floor that Ray wakes up on, Zack's floor. So we're going to go up to the floor above Zack, because obviously we're going to save Zack and Ray for later mm -hmm. on. And that is going to be the, uh, the home of one very, very, very... Strange doctor, uh, who's uh, got his peepers on you. <laughs> Man, peepers, creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? Get... That's gonna be creepers. Jesus Where'd Christ. you get those eyes? 
That is going to be one Daniel Dickens, a.k.a. Dr. Danny. Um, <laughs> I very much want to talk about who plays him in the Japanese. I'm sure you will. I was... Yeah, I was dying. That was... That w- I was dying when I was watching the Japanese. I was like, "Oh, oh God, that's Takahiro Sakurai." Okay, genuine question. Yes. Does ladies, and by ladies, I mean Megan. You are a lady for tonight. I have a question for you. If a man ever goes up to you and says the phrase, "What beautiful eyes you have." <laughs> They look just like uh, my mother's. Is your <laughs> immediate the- thought, fuck, I need to run away. This is a rapist yes. and or murderer. Yes. That is, that's where you hit the eject button when he says they look like my mom's. That's when you hit the eject button on that conversation and nope the fuck out of here. Like- because they're either... Either you're getting murdered, or his mom is sitting up in the attic as a skeleton. Or she's in the shower with, like, 40 stab wounds. Huh? Awkward silence? That one was a thinker. I'm, ta- I'm psycho! I know that's a- uh. I know- I, I was also making a psycho joke. Okay. By the way, in the Japanese, uh, Dr. Danny is played by, uh, your sister calls me Oni-chan. <laughs> oh, is he oh, played yeah. by? Is he played by? Uh, what, what's his name? It's McGillis. It's McGillis. Oh. It's so- Takahiro Sakurai is McGillis. That's why. Neat. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> just, just Danny. You're, si- you're your mom calls me Onichan. God damn it. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, roots predictions because I roots predictions, please. Okay. Um. So I only had one and um like i i needed somebody who could kind of who could be kind of slow and gentle and then just suddenly flip the energy up to 11 and um that's what she said (laughs) stop that (laughs) you stop that you made it dirty (laughs) <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> okay, back I'm in done. the zone. Back in the zone. Uh, so I ended up going with uh, Greg Ayers. Cool. Cool. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I don't have an actual prediction, but I do have a dumb joke prediction that's referenced to a horror movie. As you do. You know what? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Dr. Go. Dr. Danny should be played by Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> I'm gonna act like I get that joke and I don't because I am terrified of horror movies. I'll explain it later. Anyways. Uh Andrew already says he has no predictions. Uh so in my case, I went by uh people I like to see in anime dubs. Uh and because he is also hellaciously underutilized, I really wanted Oscar Seyung to play Danny because he's probably one of my favorite Funimation actors that like is never in anything. Oh, and then, okay, Jeffrey Combs, I get it now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm that. I feel like I'm that picture from Pop Team. It's like she doesn't get it. <laughs> I a get re-animator. it. Doesn't get it at all. <laughs> and then because I again, I thought Clifford Chapin was directing this, and because I kind of wanted Lilac to squirm. Uh, I also said Matt Shipman. 
Oh, that's I, going for the jug. I can right see. There. I can see it. And what's worse is I can totally see it after I, I, Matt Shipman can do anything at this point because I still can't believe that he's a NASA man. I mean, good, good. He played a torso, so. Mm. No, that was Dave Matrenga. No, 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 no. Uh, Juni Tyson. Ah. Uh, uh, he played okay. a torso uh, with a flamethrower. Ah. Uh, God damn it, I spent nine episodes in the air and now I'm just fucking dead! Man, okay, okay let's let's turn back the spoilers for other stuff. <clears throat> Sorry. Alright, so, uh, collectively, once again, we are all fucking wrong. Are uh, you wrong if you've never played? You know what? Shut your mouth. Bandage dick. I'm just eating a sandwich. Please continue. <laughs> anyway, playing Dr. Danny is one Mr. Derek Snow. Derek Snow, you'll know as Lowen, aka the dog, from Dance with Devils. He is Hermes in Kino's Journey to the Beautiful World. <laughs> and he's Dr. Sword Boy. Yagin, Toshiro, and Token Rock are on a You're right there, Megan. He's Dr. Booty. No, because he's Dr. Booty Shorts. I'm sorry, what? Oh, that's right. Oh, he's okay. Yagin. He's. Okay. Now I Andrew, because you both. Andrew. In Token Rambu, Derek Snow plays the Doctor Sword, the one with the little booty shorts. Okay. Uh, sure. I, I, I'm just gonna smile and wave. I can't even see you. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. While you're smiling and waving, boys, uh, Roots, start us off on how you feel about Derek Snow as Danny. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, the guy can, like, turn on a dime, and it, like, um, well put, <laughs> pretty much, um, I, I really like that he was sort of, he played it so gently in the very beginning of the episode, and then, like, he knew exactly how to slowly dial up the crazy. Which is, even, like, even in live-action horror movies, that is sometimes a very difficult thing for actors to do, is just slow, just slowly, gradually get crazier and crazier. Not everybody, like it, not everybody can go full Hannibal Lecter and ruin their marriage. <laughs> Like, it's, um, it's basically like watching Jack Torrance in sort of a, a little bit more of a uh, fast forward on it, but like, like watching Jack Nicholson go mad in, over the course of a movie in The Shining kind of thing. I like, I, I like this performance so much, and, uh, but my dog is barking, so to be nice to the editor, I'm going to pass it on. I'm on. Yeah, no, Derek Snow. <laughs> Excuse you. Damn it. <laughs> Rude. I didn't think you were talking yet. I burped. <laughs> uh, Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Grotesque, sir. How could you? <laughs> I'm sorry. 
You're... How dare you eat in Dr. Danny's office? That's gonna cost you at least one of your I eyes. would not That's go true. in that man's office and bring any sort of food, because I think everything's gonna smell like formaldehyde or tongue. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, I'm on. Uh, Derek Snow's real goodness. <laughs> he, he's so wonderfully unnerving even even before it becomes clear that dr danny is probably not someone you should spend a lot of time around derek snow does a wonderful job of seeming normal but having just that edge to him where it feels like something might be off uh, and he plays it very well and and ramps up the creepiness very well it also helps that like him using peepers all the time starts out funny and then just gets sort of unnerving the more it goes on <laughs> He's Basically, really he starts as he starts as like a good little Catholic boy, and then it turns out, oh no, he's a serial murderer. I mean, good little Catholic boy is not what I would imagine. No, <laughs> more of a. He, he's, he's like he's like he's like the doctor who just got out of med school, and he still has hopes and dreams, and is slowly getting to the point where he's like, you know what? I'm gonna cut you open. Yeah. Something like that, uh, you know? You yeah, ever no. wonder what makes... You ever wonder what everything that makes you tick looks like? Mm. I can show you. Jesus. Uh, doc, right, is, sorry, Dr. Yeah. is Dr. Danny from Brooklyn now? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Danny is back off with Brooklyn optometrist. Look, he may be a murderer, but at least he understands what true pizza is. <laughs> Damn... Fucking straight. You do not eat pizza with a fucking fork. I mean, to be fair, Chicago style is good, but it's not pizza. Okay, it's a good. Pie. Good. You may live. You may live to see the sun. <laughs> I I kind of want to put like an annotation in the video that just links to John Stewart screaming about Chicago pizza and how it's not pizza. It's never not funny. John Stewart is a fucking myth. Anyways, uh. Sorry, yeah, I'm, sorry, Amon. We've sort of taken your soapbox we've away. Been rude. We took your soapbox and kind of started eating pizza in it. I don't understand why this is being a referendum on pizza today. I'm very confused. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, back to what we were talking about. No, I, I like I like the way that Derek Snow was able to ramp things up. Where it it it, it was always a little off putting, but it's not until it goes on that it's like, oh. Oh, oh! She should probably run away. <laughs> this is not a safe person to be around. Uh, I also like the bit where they encounter the glass wall, and he just immediately gives up. And it's like, oh well, we should just go over here now. Come on, let's go. Nothing bad like, can nothing happen. Bad's over here. Come on, Ray. Let's go over here now. It's a it's a good performance. It 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 it, it does that thing Angels of Death does well, where it is a it's a horror show. But there's also a lot of weird, goofy comedy in it. I thought Derek Snow brought that to it as well. He was he was very good at being creepy, but also good at being just kind of weird and funny. I liked mm. it a lot. I, I definitely say for Derek Snow, I got a lot of his Hermes voice from this, since that's where I was most acquainted with Derek Snow's particular like tone of voice. And Hermes was always interesting because it was this very calm almost childlike voice saying a lot of or dealing with a lot of ethically more early gray questions and statements like 
Because sometimes Hermie is soft-spoken, but he would say some shit that was kind of messed up when you think about what he's saying. And seeing uh, Dr. What's his name? Danny. I know his name's Dick something, so I'm just going to call him Dr. Dick. Uh, Dr. His name is fucking Danny. Uh, Danny, what's what's his last name? Dickinson, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, Doc Daniel Dickens. So, Doctor, look, Doctor Dick, stand stiff. <laughs> Why would you do this to us, Andrew? <laughs> I'm going Ow. to kill you. Anyways, now that I've let that. I'm going to commit murder. Now that I've let that settle in, uh, I feel the escalation in regards to, like, him starting out quiet, sincere, and, like, this young, bright-eyed, fresh college face, and gradually going more psycho-crazy until he's shouting peepers and sticking his giant Gene Simmons tongue out and trying to probably touch this 14-year-old girl very inappropriately before cutting her open and, like, sucking on her eyeballs and going full-on Goro. Um, I, I see how it works. I think it's natural. I think it's really interesting. It's really crazy, and I think Derek does a pretty solid job. Cool, so let's talk about the fact that Derek Snow is, like, rarely ever fucking casted and shit, and I love him. He's good at, he's good um, at things, yes. Yeah, he's great in things. He's also really good in, um... I believe he's one of the... One of the kids in, uh... I think he's the frog-looking motherfucker in, uh, Surrey Dure Children, too, if I'm right. Frog-fucker? He's the one that's friends with Aaron Dismuke, who's, like... Aaron Dismuke's really nerdy friend. Uh, the one that looks like he's, I like, know what Sims. you're talking about. I don't remember if it's okay. I'm gonna look this. Yeah, up. it's him. It's him. I think it's him. And of course, he's my he's one of my my many precious sword sons. So this was really fucking weird to hear him be Danny because <laughs> it's just like, hey Ray, yeah, it's me, your doctor. You forgot to take your pills again. Why aren't you taking your pills, you little bitch? So I definitely agree with the creepy escalation because, man, it felt like when I watched the Japanese, like I said, I really like uh, Takahiro Sakurai as an actor, but it felt like from moment one with Takahiro Sakurai on there that, okay, it's ham time. There's no subtlety to this at all. With Derek, I appreciate a lot of the subtlety and the buildup for it because it makes the payoff of Danny being an absolute eye fetishistic creep so much better and i i'm really sad that this character is dead because i feel like spoilers I got... it happens I... in the first He's episode dead. yeah so... first episode doesn't count there's a fucking there's a fucking disclaimer i see this is true I'm, I'm only just fucking with you please continue i'm gonna kill you in your sleep um I'm gonna kill you in your sleep, you little necrophiliac. Not um, yet. <laughs> my body pillow can't- I can't- it can't be necrophilia if the body pillow isn't alive. <laughs> well, this got dark. That just got really- <laughs> Is that the sound of you hitting your head on the desk or mat freak masturbating again? I think you left the room anyway. <laughs> uh, no, so I- I appreciate Derek Snow's- <laughs> subtlety 
and that ramp up and the payoff. And I wish, again, he was in the show a little bit more often. But then again, I just hope he kind of gets cast in more things because he's a great actor. So that being said, are we ready to take the elevator up one more floor? Let's go Let's another flight. Also, yes, I looked it up. He is, in fact, the guy that looks like Suyu's long-lost brother and Suridori children. Yep, he's Aaron Dismuke's best... Yeah, he's Aaron Dismuke's best friend. And, like, Suridori children has probably one of my favorite quotes in any show, which is, You know that character in the lead romantic shows that gets all the girls and, no and he doesn't know it? In real life, he'd be a piece of shit. Technically, the... <clears throat> Well, actually, that was from the manga, and it was never adapted into animation. So, do you want that fedora shoved up your ass or down the front of your dick? <sighs> moving on. Anyway, moving on, uh, we're gonna really dig into this next performance, because we're gonna talk about Eddie. Eddie, a good was, little boy was... who's done nothing wrong ever. Eddie, Eddie is Eddie is legitimately my favorite besides character in the show. Uh, so Edward Mason, otherwise known as Eddie, is a a child who digs grave, really likes to uh, really really likes to uh, dig graves, put people in there, and then gets a weird infatuation with Ray because hey, we're the same age and only I can love her the way that she wants. Zach, step off. Which also, of course, uh, gives us birth to the line, uh, step off, you little necrophiliac. Which is a pretty um, great line. Zach, Zach has some very, very... Conversation. <laughs> Zach, okay, Zach and Eddie's interactions are probably some of the best in the show. They are basically just, they are, some they of are the... basically just murder toddlers by that point. I think this, I think Eddie is the one also where your mom yes. was, uh, thrown. yes. It was, it was something. Eddie also probably gets the cool, one of the cooler deaths in the show, so, spoiler alert. So, predictions, Roots of Justice. Um, so, I was, like, I, I had seen episode two in the Japanese, and I was trying to think of, you know, who at Funimation is really good at playing little gremlins? Because that was basically the big impression I got for Eddie. And, um... A little show crossed my mind, um, called Yuri on Ice. <laughs> oh, no. So, my prediction for Eddie is Christy Rothrock. Ooh, that would have been really Wait, nice. Wait, who's Christy in that? Uh, she is one of the triplets. Oh! Yeah, she's one of the triplets. Right. And then I know she's, I think she's also in, uh, she's also one of the girls in, one of the gremlin girls in, um... Uh, Takagi-san, yes. What's yes. Uh, which which one was she in? She's the girl in Takagi-san. Wait, I know, which, I know which one you're talking about. She is like the stoic, quiet one of the group of three. Okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh, fuck. She's also... She's the, re she's the really bad touch middle schooler in Citrus. <laughs> <laughs> She's also in, I think she's also somebody in Chio's School Road, so, but we're not covering Chio's School Road. Okay, continue. Uh, so, Amon, do you have a funny horror prediction? I do. Uh, I think Eddie should be played by Miko Hughes. Miko Hughes plays the small boy in Pet Cemetery who gets hit by a truck. Nice. Oh! Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Cut Out Your Achilles Tendon. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. Uh, Andrew... I actually do have a prediction, because I think that Eddie should have been played by Shovel Knight. 
Fuck! You've killed me, Andrew. I hope you're proud of yourself. I hope the editor literally puts a picture of Shovel Knight and just with the star, not playable in Smash. <laughs> oh, dick move. He got an assist trophy. Fuck off. He's in Smash. Fuck. Congratulations, Eddie. Congratulations to Eddie from Angels of Death for making it as an assist trophy in Smash. I can't believe Eddie got in before Goku. at this point your mom's gonna get in before goku uh look goku is a anime character before he is a video game character let's be real here people (laughs) and your mom still probably has more sexual prowess than goku (laughs) megan what because um as of recording tomorrow is a new nintendo direct I swear to God, like, if Goku's in that direct, no, I'm gonna burn down the entire no, United I States. No, I can just picture, like, a Smash Brothers trailer in that direct, and it's just like, your mom joins the battle. <laughs> anyway, my prediction your is- Your mom so, takes I, it I, I on kinda... all sides. <laughs> I want to up-smash your mom. Oh, boy. This is anyway, what so I... you only have five characters to talk about. <laughs> I mean, it's in the spirit. It's in the spirit of the writing of the show. So I actually kind of went looking into the seiyu for uh, Eddie. I kind of looked a little bit for the seiyus of each of these people to go based off predictions, because uh, I didn't know when we were going to get the cast list. So um, I actually found out that the seiyu Natsumi Fujiwara uh, has been vocally matched by two actresses at Funimation, and they both also are pretty good at playing little boys. Or little, un- I think, yeah, Eddie's a boy. I-, I couldn't tell if Eddie was, like, a boy or a girl when I made the predictions. Because, like, you know how girls can somehow have, like, boy names and shit? Yeah, and, so, like, not to I- mention he's also, like, kind of buckethead, so. <laughs> until until the very end, which he's adorable under the buckethead. I'm sorry, Eddie is a fucking adorable. Um, I want him, he's, Eddie is, Eddie is joining my son tier. Like, of, chill, of anime children. Like, Eddie, ditch like, the shovel, get yourself a bass guitar. He doesn't need a bass guitar, he has a charming personality. <laughs> no, Eddie's got the personality of a middle schooler who doesn't know what the meaning of the word no is and deserves to get a shove, uh, a smack upside the head. Mm. With a, a, a plastic shovel, not a real shovel. Uh, don't do what Zach did to Eddie, please. Just teach him how to be not a fuckboy. Don't, so, don't stab predict- children, kids. Oh, wait. Does that mean Eddie gets the Fuckboy of the Year award? <laughs> no, there are other anime Fuckboys of the Year awards. Eddie is like, Eddie is a child still. So okay, he can, touche, he can get, touche. He, he can be rehabilitated. Let's be real, Zach's um, more of a Fuckboy than Eddie. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Zach's more of a Fuckboy than Eddie. <laughs> no, uh, no, the Fuckboy of the Year award goes to the guy, the guy in uh, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord who wants to impregnate his own sister. Um, oh yeah, that is yeah. Thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. who I believe is played by Stephen Fu. Okay. Which I'm so sorry, okay, Stephen. Yeah, Megan. Okay, Megan, I am going to okay. I'm going to take this around. Who are the voice matches? Uh, so they're they. I actually predicted Michaela Kranz or Afia Yu. I can Either see of both of those. Because cool. I figured they'd both be really good in this, and they both play, uh, especially Michaela, like. I, I kind of imagined Eddie as uh, her character from Snow White with the Ryu from Snow White with the red hair on steroids, 
on murder roids? That was an actual good boy, unlike this one. This one. So, uh, we are, of course, always wrong on this show. We're mostly wrong. Except when I'm so right. So playing... And when you not play, and when you don't play. So, Eddie is played by Brittany Karbowski. Hey. Brittany Karbowski. <laughs> that was... God damn it, show some more enthusiasm. No, I actually, I wasn't even being sarcastic. I really like Brittany Karbowski. I was also just chewing a sandwich. God, stop putting meat in your mouth while you're excited. Um. Boy, that one was a real that... stretch. Just like your mom! Uh... Anyway, Brittany Karbowski, you'll know as Yamada in Bigata H. Kai, Yamada's first time. Blackstar in... <laughs> I literally typed Blackstar, Blackstar. <laughs> Did you put the little star in there? No! I typed the words Blackstar and instead of putting Soul Eater... You wrote Blackstar. Blackstar, Blackstar, Blackstar. Blackstar would be Blackstar. proud because his name's so nice you say it twice. <laughs> twice. Blackstar, Blackstar, and Blackstar's adventure. Uh, no, Blackstar in Soul Eater, and Luluco in Space Patrol. Luluco, roots take it away before I whack myself with a shovel. Oh, here we are with another really great performance of this show. Um, I I really like that Brittany Karbowski. Like, she she starts the episode out not really doting like she she tries to get to know Rachel and then like slowly he starts to think that there's like stuff in common with the two and then he go like Eddie goes into like stalker mode and like I heard just an air of menace come out of the character that I did not know Brittany Karbowski was capable of like it was Oh, it was really great. It like of the uh of the little one-shot characters, like Eddie may be one of my favorites. Uh probably up there with the next character we're talking about, but like it's like it's really hard to put into words. Just like she she got the really creepy stalker vibes of Eddie down really, really well. So, like, what more... Like, what more can I say? And, like, especially, you know, the the end of the episode where the one-off ca characters of Angels of Death do what they do. <clears throat> so, and that... Like, they have a picnic, and then they go on an adventure... <laughs> And they have a really good time, and nothing bad ever happened. Oh, no, they're dead. Well, I was just going to oh, say they no. go to the farm upstate, but yeah, pretty much. Just like the parents in harem animes! <laughs> they, go, they, they went to the funny farm. Ooh. Where life is beautiful all the time. Mm. Man, the funny farm actually is probably where this is taking place. It's just, it's actually just, it's actually just, like, a basement under a farm, yes, so. Alright. But yeah, uh, Brittany Karbowski did a really good job, and I will pass it on. Uh, hello? I still, I'm sorry, I'm, like, looking at our personal Discord, and I can't believe Lilac has literally just been sitting and playing ages of it's been playing Doki Doki Literature Club for, like, eight hours on stream. I'm glad. I hope she's having a good time. 
Meanwhile, cut to lilac screeping. Anyway, uh, I'm on. You Stop burping, you fucking heathen! I'm sorry, that one wasn't even intentional. God, do I need to send you to, like, obedience school? <laughs> At least I said excuse me, Andrew. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> oh, wait, that wasn't Andrew? I thought that was Andrew burping Oh, it was me burping. No, 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 no. That that was him. I like that was just earlier in the recording. God, Andrew, next time you burp, I'm sending you to a boarding school. Anyway, I'm on duel. Please go. Uh, uh, Brittany Karbaski is very good. Um, she is good at she's good at playing a little creep. Uh, I mean, Eddie's very Eddie's very entertaining. Um, you don't you don't quite feel sorry for Eddie because you know he's a weird stalker who keeps fucking with the lights and. We'll probably murder Ray if she sticks around too long. Uh, but there's always that sense of like, oh, you don't talk to anybody you don't murder. <laughs> and you're having weird teenage emotions you don't have to deal with because you live in a dungeon. And bury people all day. Yeah, uh, there is that. Uh, somebody give Eddie a goddamn body pillow. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he has all these teenage feelings he doesn't know what to do with. So he has to project onto... Uh, poor, quiet, blonde women who wander through. Uh, but Brittany's really fun as Eddie. Like, he's, uh, he's a little weirdo. I like his casual antagonism towards Zack. And active antagonism towards Zack. Uh, because it has just such wonderful dialogue. You can, you can tell Caitlin Barr had a lot of fun writing their scenes. Caitlin Barr wrote that, right? I, I'm not misremembering that. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did write yeah, the, the, show. the she's, yeah, writing, she's written all the entire. Show. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think I think a lot of the second screen Eddie and Zach are some of the best writing in the show. It's just it has such zip and verve to it, and Brittany is just so delightful as this creepy little weirdo who digs graves all day and is really obsessed with like. But don't you want a nice grave? Not you, Zach. Though you get a crappy grave. Zach's like, I'm dead. I'd Fuck be dead. dead. I don't care. I gave you a glob of clay. <laughs> Go lay down in the hole by it. <laughs> you'll take your you'll take your shitty grave and you'll accept it, Zach. It's like in Eddie's in Eddie's mind, he is effectively giving Rachel like a five course meal, and he's giving Zach basically the pile of cafeteria slop. Yeah, pretty much. Zach gets to eat the fro- Zach- It's like, Zach gets to eat, like, the frozen pizza from your school cafeteria, but Ray gets, like, the fucking- a fucking five dollar foot long from Subway. Ray gets Remy no. from Ratatouille, and Zach gets just a bunch of sewer rats. Three, <laughs> two, one. That's not the only foot long he wants to give her. Okay, good night, everybody. God damn it! Oh, God, Andrew, if we ever meet, you're getting super. Ray! Rachel is a child, you fuck! Hey, there's so many. That doesn't make it okay! Of course not. And besides... And what's, what's worse is that you posted that story to Rachel for face that's kind of smug. And I'm just staring at it. Also, by foot long, I meant the shovel. What did you think I meant? Bandage dick. Bandage dick. Bandaged Bandage dick. <laughs> okay, so is it my turn yet? So, do you think that he wraps it daily, or do you think he lets it go for a little while? I feel like you need to change burn. I feel. <laughs> I feel like you need to change burn bandages fairly regularly. So I'm going to anyway. go with daily. 
Do you think it doubles that toilet paper? No. I, I, I've done Azure, incidentally. You can go if you want. Thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> no, you're not. So, Brittany Karbowski <laughs> is a really interesting actress and has a very distinct, like, instantly recognizable voice anytime you hear her talk. Um, I think one of the more interesting things about seeing people play, like, really crazy psycho characters is playing them with this sense of childish glee and innocence because that is also much more eerie to hear this childish happy tone of voice being like you would look so good if you were dead and rotting in the ground and it's just like ooh, that voice should not be saying those things that's just fucking weird and that's why it's it's really interesting hearing this young peppy childish voice talking about how how nice it would be to sleep in a grave and how nice it would be to be dead and how he works really hard on these tombstones. And Why don't you love me? And the thing with with this thing with Rachel is, of course he's interested in Rachel. All he's ever known are basically giant bodies that are motionless and dead. And Rachel's basically the same, except she's breathing, so that instantly makes her more attractive. And I slave over this hot gravestone all day for you. To be, to be, and also, it just the actual child, 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 childishness of him bickering with Zach is just very fun. I really like mm. Brittany's tone of voice. I like the how creepy she sounds. I like how she genuinely sounds threatening and menacing, and also like just really creepy. I, I think Brittany does a good job as Eddie. Uh, yeah, I know this is something that we praised in another episode, which I'm not going to say the name of the show because we don't know when this is going to be out compared to that episode. Is that we talked about how effective in a creepy character their, pat their speech patterns are. And how effective their speech patterns are can make a performance sound more or less creepy. And this also plays into Caitlin, uh, Caitlin's writing, and it works that Brittany Karbowski takes this tone with it, that I also like that Eddie speaks as what you think a little kid thinks an adult, a romantic adult sounds like. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Except for it is twisted by the fact that Eddie is a psychopathic murdering gravedigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, that... Like, he's probably only, like, known romance through movies, that kind of character. Yeah. Yeah, and see where it's, you're coming from. It's very much a, like, Eddie's writing love letters and pining over a girl that he doesn't know, only that she's there to be killed and that she wants to die. And... Eddie's like, you know, I'm the one that understands you the best, but there's just something really childish about it. And it's just like, and I think that's also why I think I was a little bit endeared to Eddie in the end. It was like, oh no, I need to take care of this, this murder child and I will protect this murder child and raise it right. Um, then again, I said that about Q from Boon Goes Stray Dogs last night. <laughs> and that is a character that is absolutely fucking terrifying. Like, more terrifying than Eddie is. Mm -hmm. Please. Oh boy, I yeah. need to get to that. So yeah, you like Eddie. 
yeah, I like Eddie a lot, and I like Brit- I love Brittany Karbowski's performance as Eddie. And one of the things that I like is that you can't determine Eddie's gender. Eddie's just Eddie. Eddie is just Eddie. Like it's so am- it's so androgynous as a performance, where it fluctuates between feminine and masculine as a little kid who is probably near puberty, like Eddie is. Their voice would do. And that's something I really appreciated because uh, I also got that from the Japanese performance. And that is something that I like that got carried through. Because it makes Eddie's effectiveness as a creepy character who also has, again, some of the best banter with Zack of all characters. Um, even even better. Like just It's just so fucking good. It's just one of those, like, when you sit and watch it, you don't think it's going to work. It's like, oh, great. Because I know a lot of people still have problems with Black Star from Soul Eater. Mm. It's like, oh great, Brittany Karbowski's gonna play a little boy again. This isn't gonna, oh my god, this works and I want to get out of here. I like her <laughs> as Black Star. Fuck you, fight me. Yeah, yeah I, I like here. I like her as Black Star. I don't have any issues with it. Me neither. Um, but I do like. This, I, this is a call out post to nobody. Her. This is a call out post to no person in particular. Jet Zero Infinity. <laughs> You're the one who did it, not me. Um, Love you, Jet. But I I just genuinely enjoyed it, and I think that Brittany Karbowski really... And I really appreciate Tyler Walker going with Brittany Karbowski, because she is not who I would have ever put in this. Like, I was I was very... And she also, by the way, makes some of the best Zack jokes. She makes some of the best Eddie jokes. It's like, you missed this episode of Angels of Death? Grave mistake. Ah. So I appreciate I appreciate Brittany Karbowski's dedication to the character. So bless her punny heart. Yep. Anyway, are we good to go? Uh, it's time to get on the elevator again. Is everybody in here? We don't. We didn't leave any of our snacks on the floor. I don't think I want to leave my snacks on the floor because they're probably gonna get shot by a fucking machine gun. Yeah, I dropped a bag of chips back there. I, I don't think I'm gonna go back for it. All right. So uh, everybody, welcome to jail. We've been arrested. We've we've finally been arrested for anime crimes. I looked at a picture. I, I looked at a picture of Ilya once, and now I'm just sort of here, I guess. So this is my fate. Uh, yeah. You see, I I said that uh, all of the waifu. I actually picked a uh, Ram in a re-zero fight and got locked in here because apparently I didn't follow the rules. <laughs> so. Uh. Welcome to Cassidy Kathy. So Catherine Ward is essentially a uh, Dong and Ropa ripoff. Um, uh, her last name is Ward. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> prison. And oh, uh, because jail. <laughs> All right, one of you needs to uh, lick this lemon, and we're gonna join the yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Chop, chop, bacon. We we were officially arrested for YouTube crimes. So Catherine Ward... Catherine Ward, or Kathy, is the basement floor number three. I want to say we are basement floor... We are, yeah, we are basement floor three. Uh, so essentially she is essentially a crazy jail warden who has a torture fetish and leads to poor Zach's actor... Getting electrocuted. 
Um, but we're not going to say who that is yet. So predictions for Miss Catherine Ward. Okay, before we go on to that, it, she didn't even do anything. He was a dumbass who's like, this chair that looks Eric's just comfy. like an electrocution chair looks no, really he, comfy. No. no, he looks, okay, Zach looks at it, says, fuck it, sits down, and Ray's like, that's an electric chair. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm Shut already up. comfy. I, I, I feel like Which, we can all go you, on I if I sit, if I sit, I fits. If I fits, I sits. All right. <laughs> so like predictions. I'll I'll go out on a limb and say that Zach does not have a lot of world experience to draw from. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, Zach rode the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, predictions. All right. So um, I really didn't know where to go with her because um. I had basically done a lot of my predictions um, before e the show even began. Basically going off the character designs. Um, so I, I just kind of looked through random cast list of Funimation dubs. See what see what actresses' names I, I thought could kind of kind of fit as like a jail warden-ish character. Um, I put down Michelle Rojas. Okay. Because... Um, like, for one thing, I don't think I've heard her in a performance like this, so... Like, I, I like it when actors go out of their way to do interesting things that they haven't done before. So, yeah, Michelle Rojas. Cool. Uh, Avon, your horror prediction? Uh, I think Kathy should be played by Piper Laurie, who's had a very long and distinguished career, but the pertinent thing here is that she plays Margaret White, mother of Carrie White, in Carrie. Oh, good God. Uh, okay. I, I love this obscure horror stick going down. I, ooh, yeah. I'm so <laughs> Holy crap, yeah, that fits. Andrew, I don't, need, I don't need to be snide, but I'm not sure Carrie really qualifies as obscure. Yeah, I... I'm it's kind gonna, of uh -uh. really famous. I mean, it is De Palma. It is, it, is, it, is, it is the movie that helped make Stephen King a name. Right, right, right. Anyways, that's off topic. And man, you know what I was trying to do for you know what I was trying to do in uh, our uh, electric chair jokes. What? Hmm. I was going to try to make a Green Mile reference, but I've never actually seen the Green Mile. Oh God, hmm. I have a story about the Green Mile, <laughs> but it... it's not uh... the time and place for it. Yeah, I think I've told you guys before. Isn't this like the DVD that got stuck in like a player at like Animane or something? No, it's the cursed Blu-ray of the Green Mile. Uh, but, that, uh, that's that another a, story for another time. Wouldn't that be a green way? Also, uh, Megan. Yeah? Didn't you have predictions? I do have predictions. I'm about to pull them up. So, my predictions for Kathy, I tried to go the least obvious way possible for Kathy, which we'll, we'll learn is going to bite me in the ass. Um... So I actually said Alexis Tipton or Trina Nishimura. Ooh. Because I didn't know who was gonna be directing this, and frankly, I Alexis Tipton was the one I really wanted. Because I wanted to hear Alexis Tipton kind of use the Kofku voice from Noragami, but as a psycho murderer. Ooh, yeah, yeah I, I can hear it. And then Trina Nishimura, I I I just feel like for some reason, on, like, some level that would just really work as this character, I I want to say it's because I also looked up, 
I, I, yeah, I looked up her Seiyu, and I was like, oh, who is, who has played this, who has played Kathy, like, who voice messages Kathy Seiyu in the English, uh, I, Maria I, I say, and I, I was looking through things, and, like, two of the ones that popped up were, like, Trina and, um, Trina and Alexis. I could hear, like, a mix of Gina from Garo Vanishing Line and Akko from Netoge. Oh god! Yeah, oh god! I mean... Oh god! Oh god! Why? Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! Akko with Akko with Kathy is terrifying. <laughs> Please never do that again. Okay. So. I think I actually looked it up. Okay. Okay. All right, honey, we're we're good. We're, we're fine. We're safe. Uh, no, though yeah, it is, though it is really funny that uh. There's a character in this show called Ray, and the Japanese person who plays Kathy will be playing Ray in Promise Neverland. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, I could I could have also seen Trina, namely because of like Mikasa and um, oh god, who's uh, Mari from the the rebuild of Evangelion movies. All right, okay. Now, anyway, so uh, of course, in, as is tradition in this episode, unless you're Andrew, we're all wrong. Kathy is played by the one and only Jamie Markey. Jamie Markey you'll know as Junko Enoshima in the Danganronpa franchise for the anime, not the video games. Kiki as in Snow White with the Red Hair, and Panty in Panty and Stocking. Uh, Roots of Justice, start us off. Alright, so I need to, um, I need to start this off by saying, like, Kathy is one of my favorite characters of the show, because, um, the episodes she gets... Like, there are some really cool visual effects in those episodes, particularly surrounding her character. Like, the whole thing in the first episode she's introduced, where she's just, like, the pink outline in a bat black background. That was really cool. Um, but as for the, uh, the performance of Jamie Markey, like, unlike the other two characters we talked about earlier in this episode... There is no subtlety here. Like, it is... Kathy starts out at 11 on the crazy scale and just stays there for her entire story arc. Maybe even, like, going up to 12, 13. Like, and... I I know Jamie Markey has played sort of the, uh... Sort of kooky characters before, but... Oh, fuck, yeah, like, she has. Like, this was really... This was really something. Like, she gets, like... The sadistic Ojo-san laughing. She gets the... Like, she gets a whip that, like, triggers machine guns? And, like... It's like a riding crop. It it's a no, riding right, crop. Right, 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 riding crop, sorry. But, like... The... <clears throat> Like, I just love that there is, like, no subtlety to the character at all, and, like, it, it feels like Jamie Markey's hamming it up and just having a blast, and that's that's something I really like when I, I hear that with, with dub actors. Even, you know, even if the performance isn't the closest to the Japanese, if they're... If the actor is having a great time with the performance, usually it will reflect in the character, and, like, that's... That's something I really like, and it's something I heard here. So I will pass it on. All right, Amon? Yeah, I really... Uh, Jamie's really fun here. Uh, she just gets to crank it up to 11 the whole time. 
Uh, you f she plays Junko in Diamond Rampa, you don't say. Um, <laughs> I see. <laughs> I see. I see. And I haven't seen the show, but I've played some of the games, and this seems like very on-point casting. Uh, yeah, no, she's a riot in this. She's clearly just having so much fun playing this weird, deranged crank with way too much power who enjoys toying with people and... She, she's a piece of work, but boy, is she fun to watch on screen. Mm. You're, 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 you're almost sad when she goes, because you don't get to watch her do stuff anymore. But not really, because she's also terrible. Mm. It's a bad thing about these villains. They're all they're like, oh, you're so fun, but you kind of need to die. You're not good for people. It's like everybody in the show kind of needs to die. A little bit. If we're being real here. Yeah, more or less. Uh, it's just sort of a matter of waiting, more or less. Like uh, even the good guys don't entirely feel good. So there's there are no good guys in this show. There is just least less awful people. Mm. And that's the threshold of morality in this show is pretty. It leans pretty heavily on the dark gray side. You're not wrong. Um. Yeah, Jamie's just a lot of fun. She's she's hamming it up so delightfully. And it's just great to. My favorite part is when she's just just hassling them. It's like, oh, did you break your key card? You gonna die? Aw, dumbass. <laughs> or or the, or the or the or the hassling them with the little um, little game where they have to move the dolls around. Yo, that was oh. some pretty. Fucked up shit, though. And like, and like, and like Ray yeah. doesn't get what's going on, but uh, but Kathy knows exactly what's going on, and she's and so does Zach. Way... Oh yeah, Zach knows what's going on. Zach and is there getting like, triggered. Yeah, I, like it, I will, it, it, I will, his, I will, his PTSD just starts up, and I will, I will actually note, as far as I can recall, that is not a segment from the game. That is either from the manga or that is an anime original scene. I'm not sure which. Neat. Oof. Uh, alright. Yeah, Jamie as... Jamie as Kathy. I watch this character, I hear this voice, and I think, man, I wish you were Junko. It's like, I, I'll, take, I'll take the diet stuff, but I need the pure, unfiltered, Strawberry blonde, pigtails wearing, psychomaniac, evil genius taking it up to 10 billion percent. When you go to the top of crazy madness, psycho ladies that are all over the place, going down to just what feels like filtered, it's like. It's like going from the high it's like going from the high commercial brand to the store brand product to me in regards to character. Kathy's fun. Jamie's fun. Man, un underrated things I've said. I really did under I really feel like I've undersold Jamie Markey as Junko Enoshima before cuz she is just amazing as Junko. She's great as Kathy. She's having a lot of fun. I'm very entertained by her, but okay. I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about her character, mainly because I can clearly see where this character has been done better in other things that I like similar to this. So seeing her just being like, oh, I'm a crazy sexy prison warden, 
And I want to punish the Sinisters, and I'm also hot. Okay. Neat. So for you, Kathy didn't do anything for you. Uh, this isn't me underselling Jamie. I think Jamie is fantastic as Kathy. I, I think she's really a lot of fun, and hearing her laugh and go full-on, like, psycho ham is great. Uh, this character was nothing for me. And... Mm, uh, you are like the king of the Danganronpa fanboys among us. Yeah, but I also have thoughts on this show in particular, which I'll save for later, but... Um, okay. Point is, Jamie's great. And yeah. I also enjoy Jamie Markey as Kathy. Um, I think it was a little bit more subdued than her Junko stuff. Which, I've I've had to sit through all of the Danganronpa anime, so of course I'm very familiar with Jamie Markey as Junko Enoshima. And this is a character that it's like, how much of, I think, how much of your enjoyment of Kathy's, Jamie's performance as Kathy may hinge on your ability to separate Jamie Markey from Junko Enoshima? I, okay, okay, here's the thing. I think it has less to do with me hearing Junko and more to do that I'm not the biggest Kathy's fan of this show. Yeah, I know you particularly. You're you don't like the show very much. I like there. There's things I I, I was gonna say some more of this for final thoughts, but this show feels like it's missing something to me, and I'll get more into it with our main characters because they are the driving force of this. And I, I'm not a big fan of this show. Let's just put it like that. Okay, I think. For people who are maybe fans of the show, but maybe be, might be a little bit like, oh, you're just getting Jamie to play Diet Junko Enoshima. It depends on how much you're attached to that. I think it is on paper a really good performance. It's entertaining. I think it's because also be that this character doesn't also get as much time to develop as Junko. That you kind of get through Kathy's stuff relatively quick. I, I know it's and not she, a fair comparison. It's listen, just... It's just... It, it's kind of unfortunate that I'm making it because she is so very much associated with this other horror death game series with a character that does very similar things. So. And she's not even as hot as Junko. Come on. I never said Kathy was hot. I mean, like, I get what they're going for. They're going for, like, uh, the warden in outfit, they have her crossing her legs with the tights, like, I get it. Yeah, like, she is the, she is the most fan service you're gonna ever get in this fucking show, and that's about it. But I mean, have um, you seen Juko, man? Come on! Andrew, keep it in your pants. Not um, for Juko! Simmer, simmer down, Andrew, simmer down. Bandage dick! <laughs> Andrew, tapioca, 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 tapioca! Damn it, okay, continue. No, I know, I know exactly what will make Andrew less horny. <laughs> Remembering remembering that the singing cat and one of the guys from Udapri are half-brothers. Hmm, okay. Okay, one, anyway. like I said, spoiler stuff. Spoilers. That's, yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's not even in the anime, it's in the games. Um, But that being said, I, I enjoyed Kathy. I would say, though, while I don't think it's a bad performance, out of compared to Eddie and Danny and Zack and Ray, this would probably be my... The one that's not, it's probably like, hey, this is still really good, but it's not, it's not, I'm not going to praise it as highly as I would like Eddie or Danny or who we're going to get to. So with that being said, it's time to move on to Bandage Dick himself. 
let's be real here. This is the reason to watch the show. This is yeah. This this is the reason why you watch Angels of Death is for one, Isaac Foster, the Scythe Boy, the man, the myth, the legend, a psychopathic serial killer who has agreed to help Rachel, uh, to kill Rachel if she gets him out of this basement. So, basically gonna... the opposite of Aaron Yeager. Basically. <laughs> If only, if only in the Japanese that Zack was played by Yuki Kaji, then that joke would be fucking hysterical. <laughs> um, so, I want to say this out of the way. Can we all agree that in some way, shape, or form, we had one person predicted for Zack? Uh, um, no. Okay. Wait. Who- Raise your- oh, I'll type it. Okay, this is dependent on who played him in Japanese, I take it, right? Yes. Okay, who played him in Japanese, then? Nobuhiko Okamoto. No, that's Oh. Okay, I see. I see. Because I had this person as a fallback, as if, like, it's probably going to happen because Seiyu Seiyu matchup shenanigans. But I take it, uh... Amon's gonna do a silly horror prediction, Andrew has no predictions, and Roots, you didn't have them at all? Um, I did not do the person you just said. Okay, cool, so predictions for Zack. Um, there was really only one for me, and, like, it might be a little bit of a surprise, might not, Damon Mills. You know what? I can hear it. (laughs) I will not lie, though, that, uh, I had Damon Mills as one of my predictions for Grey. Yeah, I, it was just one of those voices where he could do the, like, the cold, raspy side of him and then just turn the energy up and, yeah. Damon Mills. Makes sense. Mm. Uh, Amon, your your fun your fun horror prediction. Well, I had to really think about this one because a lot of things would work, but I decided to go with a man named Kane Hoder. Uh, who is widely agreed upon to have been the best person to ever play Jason Voorhees, to the point that when they made the uh, uh, Friday the 13th video game that came out recently, they had him do all the mocap for the characters. Nice. Uh, He's a very nice person. um, Yeah, which Friday the 13th? He was was in uh, 7, 8, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, and then the video game. Now. Oh boy, Jason X. That was a fun one. Now, before Megan goes, I would like to say who I thought would have been a good voice for the character of Zack. And I thought Greg Eagles would have been a really good voice for the uh, character of Zack. Ooh. Wait, what? Oh. Out of the box. So. fuck is Greg Eagles? (laughs) I'll tell you exactly who Greg Eagles is. Greg Eagles is the voice of... Of Grimm from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. God damn it! <laughs> you made like his register's a little too deep, but if it if somehow they were able to get him, I wouldn't complain. Doesn't Grimm from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy kind of have a Jamaican accent? Yep. He added it. I mean I mean God, I mean... that would be amazing if Zach Somebody needs to AMV Zach with Billy and Mandy lines. Holy shit, he was in <laughs> we're, fucking we're Bleach? Right. Oh my god. He was in Bleach? As, as, as who? He was one of the, like, the Iran car 
Yeah, he was, um... He was the black guy. He was the eye dude. The, the he, one he, with all the eyes where he could control limbs and all that? Yeah. He's the one that shouts, like, uh, Banzai before he does his thing. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, my predictions. Um, so... These aren't my- this one- this person was my fallback because it's Nobuhiko Okamoto in the Japanese. So, uh, everybody and their mom, as their safety net prediction, probably put Austin Tyndall. I didn't even think of that, truth be told. And now uh, I feel dumb. It's okay. Uh, but my other two, um, one of them has played a Nobuhiko Okamoto character. In fact, he probably plays the Nobuhiko Okamoto character that is probably most well-known to people right now. So, uh, one of my predictions for Zack was Justin Briner, actually. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> my yeah. other one was Clifford Chapin. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Oh god, and if you were right about Danny... <laughs> about- oh god, about it being Matt and Cliff. <laughs> oh dear. Congrats, buddy, you're gonna die. Bye. <laughs> uh, no, so we are- we are both- we are all very wrong. Um, and kind of out of nowhere, Zach is played by Dallas Reed. Rest in peace, your vocal cords. Very nice man. Dallas Reed, you'll know as the other screaming, G the other screamer in Funimation's arsenal, Asta from Black Clover. He is Satoshi Fukube in Hyoka. And of course, he is Yamato no Kami. Yes. Yamato no Kami Yasusada in Token Rampu Hanamaru, to which I've met Dallas Reed, so is Andrew. Apparently, he very much likes to play Yamato no Kami. I can see why. We, um, we met Dallas in Dallas, yes. By accident. <laughs> by accident. By accident. By the way, here's the story of how this goes. Um, Afia Yu was running probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen at a con, which was a visual novel room where you could sit and play different visual novels to try them out before buying them. And uh, we learned that Jill Harris uh, was going to be showing off uh, a beta of her visual novel, Corona Borealis, which is really cool, by the way. And uh, you should pick it up when it comes out, because I thought it was really interesting for a visual novel, some of the route ideas. Mm -hmm. And the art was very nice. So I walk in, obviously, uh, me nerding out, had brought my copies of Orange and Hyoka with me. And I, I look over, and there's just this guy sitting on a chair, and I kind of look at him for a second, and I'm like, wait a minute. Are you Dallas Reed? And he's like, yeah, and I just immediately freaked the fuck out. <laughs> My immediate reaction was to internally scream. As and is 95% <laughs> of your reactions. Well, I didn't expect it, and obviously, as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a huge Token Rabu fan, um... I, I love Kashu and Yasusada. I, I got him to sign the book. He signed my copy of Yoka. He was very, very nice. Got to sit and talk to him for a little while. Um, but yeah, no. Dallas Reed is a, a gentleman and a very nice guy. And con, uh, if you ever get to run into him by accident, uh, obviously don't hound him for autographs, but just say, hey, dude, you're really cool. And Dub Talk loves you. Uh, he is the exact means... opposite of, Z of who he plays in, in this show. Yes! Yes! <laughs> um, all, uh, Pat, uh, Roots, go. Alright, so... Dallas Reed as Zack is, like... It's a treat. Let's be honest here. Like, he's one of two characters that recurs throughout all six of the episodes so far. And, like... He gets to do some really cool shit. And he gets a lot of... 
he gets a lot of childish comebacks and one-liners and all that to, to chew scenery with, and it's, it's just gorgeous. But I gotta say, one of the things that I liked most about his performance, it was toward the end of the episodes we're covering, where it's in the middle of the, uh, the prison room arc, and, like, him and Rachel are given two syringes full of mystery goo. Um, one of them is just a vitamin shot, and the other one is, like, this drug that makes you go berserk. And then he he makes the sacrifice and puts them both into his arm. And, like, he goes nuts for the next episode or so. And that was just... Ugh, chef's kiss. Because he, get, he gets to do all of the manic stuff he got to do before. But, like, with more of a sense of anger and rage because of, like, the, the, the drug that's in his system... Like, it was really great. Oh, my God. And, um... Like, even... When he kills the... The people in in these rooms... Like, he, he gets, like, these great one-liners. He gets great riffs. Like... And, and, like I said, he gets, like, great comebacks. And just... These childish lines that are just so fun to hear Dallas Reed say. It's it's great, and I'm gonna pass it on. Uh, Dallas, this is such a good performance. I love every part of it. You just Zach, Zach's a really fun character. Like if you play the video game, he is also really fun to follow along in there too. For a bunch of the same reasons here, he's very loud and obnoxious but in a fun charming way and kind of dumb as a rock but also in a fun way and Dallas just does such a good job of it he is so good at being big and hyperactive when he needs to of uh, being just sort of annoyingly frustrated because he's trying to work with this woman who he clearly doesn't understand even remotely and finds mystifying a lot of the time uh and also he can just yell a lot and he's really good at it yeah. I feel I feel so bad for Dallas. The, getting cast as Asta has revealed the fact that he can do screaming really well, and it's very obvious the other directors of Funimation have picked up on this. That poor that poor man. Mm -hmm. I oh. hope he's got like bulk orders of throat coat. <laughs> I'm sure he's he's probably he doing okay. Yeah, he was. I think that was the episode the week we we went down there. Was it? Oh. Yeah, I think it was. Okay, yeah, no, goddamn. So we talked to him that Saturday. We're like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. He, go, he, he, just, he goes into the recording booth. There's already, like, they're already brewing tea after he's done. <laughs> Anywho. Um, yeah, he's, he's just so much fun. Like, it, it, I agree. Like, if there is a reason to watch the dub uh if you just need a singular reason to watch it is dallas reed's performance he is so wonderful in this like, i know i know i know this isn't necessarily a star making role because he's already in a show that is like fairly popular uh but like this is just so wonderful it's so fun and outrageous and he brings exactly what is needed for the character and for this show he is a pure delight bless you sir for giving your all and being willing to do horrible things to your voice in the name of anime. Man. 
Where the fuck do you start? Okay. First things first. Um. Dallas Reed. Um. Like. Yes, we met him. He's a cool guy. And he is a. He is a team Makoto for Persona 5 waifu. So obviously he's a good person. <laughs> obviously. So. That's not how you say it, Fumi. Uh, okay. Uh, shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. <clears throat> Anyways. Um. Dallas. Holy fuck. Okay. This is basically... It's like a combination of the Joker, Clifford Chapin, and Greg Aries all put into a blender and started screaming for like five hours. That is the voice of... Of Dallas Reed's Zach, aka Isaac Foster. Holy fuck! Like, this character basically holds together this show in regards of pure trash entertainment value. Because he is full on edgelord, hot topic, I'm gonna kill you, I'm a cut some bitch, I'm a scream and make profane statements and make crude remarks but he's also one of the more compelling characters because of the two characters that stick around long term he's more interesting and yeah like the screams the banter the shit he says makes me laugh but he also is kind of an interesting character and I am slightly curious to learn more about his past but this is, like, a level that is taken so far that I'm honest to God impressed that, like, Dallas Reed could pull it off. Like, some of these laughs and some of these laughs and screams, I did not know he was capable of. I don't even think Asta has ever gone to that level. It's impressive and absolutely commendable. Goddamn Dallas Reed. Good shit. Like, not to mention with the Hot Topic point, like, he is covered in bandages from head to toe, even as a kid. If you're a 14-year-old golf girl who basically, like, oh, serial killers like the Joker are hot, this character is for you. It's baby for, baby's first edgelord. Baby's first edge. That is the perfect description for him. It's baby's first edgelord. Which is really funny because our really good friend Mdeller fucking loves Zach. Uh, goddamn. Mdeller loves Zach so much. Uh, no, man, holy shit. Uh, I actually legitimately thought it was Clifford Chapin at first. And then I, because I, I, I watched up to a certain point and I was like, oh, this is Cliff. Cool, I'm right. And then I was like, wait a minute. Oh, oh, fuck, I am very wrong. And I am happy I am very wrong about this. Oh my god, this is one of the performances of the year. Like, there's a there. This is a year that is oddly stacked in the male in the male actor category. Um, mm -hmm. and this is just another another part on that stack because it is so undeniably entertaining, more so than like. When I sat and I watched the first episode and I heard Nobuhiko Okamoto screeching, I was like, Jesus Christ, I am so sorry to whoever's playing this guy in English. Lo and, and behold. Old. Poor, God, poor Dallas's voice. 
Like, the electric chair scene is that- that is the exact moment I knew that Dallas lost his voice. Is when he has to sit and get electrocuted five times. Uh, Dallas, and... you don't sound like you're dying enough. Can you do that again? <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah, we were for... We weren't recording that one. Um, <laughs> that is completely unprofessional. I know that never ever happened, but... I like the idea just... that, like, he got a really perfect take and Tyler Walker's just like, Oh, I'm sorry, we weren't recording that. <laughs> just do that again, please. Uh, but, no, it's just so fucking in it's insanity it is insanity put to digital to a wav to a wave file it is there are points where he's quiet and subtle there are points where he's throwing your mom jokes there are just several hundred things going on with isaac foster and just is dallas reed is just like okay yep 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 and it just seems so effortless for him in that the man is just Isaac Foster at this point. I don't and think he should be because that's be, not a mood you should be. Just let him just make another season of Hanamaru so that he can just be Yamato Nakami again, <laughs> for the love of God. So let him be the soft boy. Um, but no, I. it's just such an entertaining experience. And you, honest to God, if you're going to check out the show and you just watch Dallas play Zack, like... I don't care if you have to find a highlight reel of the dub. Just listen to this crazy shit. Like, in particular, the scenes of him <laughs> with Rachel in the elevator. like in With Rachel like, whenever, in the what? In the elevator, whenever they're moving up to the next floor. Like, there's always oh, some yeah. interesting stuff being said. That in every confrontation he has with Eddie. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we're finally going to move on to the last character. That is our, our, I guess our lead, our other lead, Rachel Gardner, who is a 13-year-old girl who has no memories, is locked in here, and has uh, about as much emotion as your porcelain doll. Can a leading lady be a piece of driftwood, soap, and a desire to die? We'll Ask find Kristen out. Stewart. Oh, ah, lobe. <laughs> That's a <laughs> Okay. Damn. That's an oldie <laughs> but a goodie. She's actually a really good actress, which is funny. Twilight just a garbage movie. It's true. <laughs> Sad but true. Have you ever wondered what would happen if Bella Swan had a murder fetish? Well, kids, let me introduce you to Rachel Gardner. Let's see. So, uh, she wants to die. She's she wants into, to die. She's into God. And she wants to die. Uh, moving on. Anyway, so predictions for Rachel Gardner. Um, unfortunately, my my phone just died, so I don't have my notes in front of me anymore. But I do know that my prediction for Rachel was Joe Harris. I can see it. Amon? Uh, so my non-prediction is I think Rachel should be played by Patty McCormick, who's an actress who's had a very, very long career. The important thing here is that she plays the title character in The Bad Seed, which if you're not familiar, is basically the original Evil Child movie. Hmm. Uh, Andrew, you have no predictions? I think she should be played by a tombstone because she shows just as much emotion as one, which is probably why Eddie wants to fuck it. <laughs> God. Uh, so I had two predictions. My predictions were Danny Chambers and Natalie Hoover. I could see all of those. Twitch, Natalie Hoover is one of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> um, 
so is Danny Chambers. I met both of them that weekend. Um, Dallas was crazy. See? Yeah, our trip to Dallas was a little nuts. You'll see that eventually. Or you might have already seen it. I don't know what this is going up. So, uh, we're all wrong. And in fact, Ray is actually being played by a relatively, uh, actress that's relatively new to us. Uh, in that I couldn't actually find any other named credits besides Ray from Angels of Death, and that is Megan McLean. Go, Roots! Uh, yeah. Um, something interesting I kind of noticed with the, uh, with the performance. Like, it was really soft, and it, like, it almost seemed... Uh, what, what are the words I'm looking for for this? Um, like... It, it didn't seem like a natural softness. Like, it was an, an unintentional thing from one of the one of the engineers or or director. But then there was a moment where she had an interior monologue and everything was, um, like, that softness was gone. And, like... I thought that was really interesting and and intentional and like that she's basically just the shy meek girl on the outside but inside she kind of knows <sighs> inside of her is a gun <laughs> uh, she snuck a gun in her bag but, I uh... thought it was like in her and, bo- and a bomb okay legit when I first saw her pull that out, I thought she pulled that out of, like, her underwear. Like, legit. I'm like, what the? Girl, She's where were you bag, keeping that? I did not a bag. I mean, yeah, like, it, it gave me the impression there was more to the character than was being projected out to the other characters of the show. And I thought that was a really interesting touch. Like, uh, kudos is... As much to uh, to Tyler Walker and the engineers on this show as well to that, but also to the performance itself. Um, I really like. I, I really liked her performance. It's it's definitely not a a take of her that I kind of expected going into this, watching a little bit of the Japanese version, um, and considering. There is like nothing to her name I could find in terms of acting. Like that's that's really cool, and I, I hope we see more of her coming up in later seasons. Okay. Amon. Yeah, I think I think we agree with Roots. I I enjoyed this performance. Um, I do I do think it might. It, it suffers not not in terms of actual quality, but I think it does suffer a little by comparison of being so different tonally from everyone else in this show. Like everyone else tends to be very, they're very loud, they're very on, they're very at eleven. You know, if not all the time, at least a lot of the time. And obviously, Rachel's shake is that she's very quiet and she's very calm, and she's a little mono focused on the whole dying thing. Um, but I I, I, li- I liked. What Meg brought to this, I, I enjoyed the, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed what she did. Um, I thought she, one of the things I appreciated is the vibe I always got from Rachel first from playing the game and then also from watching this is that she's not quiet in like an emotionless way. She's sort of quiet in like a I have been through some shit, 
and I am not quite finished dealing with it yet, so I'm going to be a little removed for now. Yeah. Uh, and I thought Meg did a good job of selling that. Like, I never, she didn't feel like a robot, she just felt like somebody who's not emotionally there right now. And she'd like to be, maybe, but she's not, and that's how things are going to be. Uh, and I do, like, I do think that's a distinction that could be hard to pull off, and I thought she did good for that. Uh, and for that matter, I'm also really looking forward to what she's going to do next. Because uh, episode 7 came out earlier this week as of this recording, and that's about the point where Rachel's backstory starts getting complicated. And I'm looking forward to see what Meg uh, gets to do with where this story is going to go for that character. Not to mention without spoilers, shit gets <laughs> weirder than it's been. Oh yes, oh yes, mm. things, things are... Oof. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so, look, I'm going to rag on the character that is Rachel Gardner, because Rachel Gardner has, um... Okay, let's be real here. You can take... The drinking game for Angels of Death literally can consist of the following two clauses. Uh... Drink if somebody says, please kill me. Two, drink if somebody says, I swear to God. <laughs> this is probably applicable to about 70% of Rachel's dialogue. Outside yeah, if you play of... a drinking game like that, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> yeah, like, you're basically going to be on your ass. Thank God she doesn't talk too much. But even then, here's the thing, here's the thing. I actually really like Megan McLean's voice. It's it sounds like an interesting mix of compare like I know it's not great to compare to other voices. It's just in terms of reference of where I hear her tone of voice. It kind of reminds me a bit of Danny Chambers' softness with a little more of like a high pitchedness in the actual like cadence of the voice to somebody like Laura Woodhull. And I think that's really interesting for this kind of character in that she has like a high voice but she's just very quiet and timid with the way she uses it and i think that's really interesting i actually think for like a debut role this is actually like pretty interesting and i think her voice is really unique and i think it really could be well suited and interesting to see what kind of roles she is capable of playing and i think that excites me to see what megan can do with that in the future rachel is here's the thing i think she would be a great character to play in a video game i think she is really interesting to play in a video game and probably learning more about her through the video game is really interesting the problem with this and her in this is that all of the compelling attachment I would get solving puzzles with her are solved by her in her voice. Basically watching the anime version of Rachel Gardner is watching a really bad Let's Player on YouTube and not really engaging in probably what is the actual best part of the game. And that's sort of indicative of my problems of the actual anime too. And I'm done. Like, that kind of feels... Uh, I'm, I'm not really intending this to be, like, a big conversation, but that does feel like a general complaint about video game adaptations for anime in general. 
Like, your story has to be hella fucking good for me to be really intrigued, because one of the exciting parts, like, that's why visual novel stuff works, because it's like you're mostly reading it anyway, it's just, how do you adapt it? Do you adapt it good, or do you adapt it shit? Yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's, that's just another discussion, it, we've already been here for longer than I actually thought this episode was gonna go on for, so, um, that being said, uh, I really, uh, like Meg McLean as, the actress for Rachel, I think that she's doing a really good job in this, um, especially cutting her teeth on a character that is very hard to me to play, I would believe. Especially because you're playing a character that gets keep gets compared to a doll all the time, and people have a very um, specific way when they hear this character is doll-like that comes to mind, which is this character is doll-like, which is a really big cue for people to just hear the words... This character is emotionless. Mm. And yeah. that's not what Ray is. Ray is traumatized, amnesiatic, and going through some shit. And I think Ray I think Megan's getting that across really well, especially for somebody who I'm not familiar with their work. And I wonder how many things are in the notes from the translation team and this is something that i wanted to really bring up really quickly is a lot of people might think that ray is speaking really weird uh but this actually is a tweet that a set of tweets that come from clint bickham who is another adaptive writer and voice actor himself and it's another translation uh thing that people may not realize is that when adr writers do scripts we somehow sometimes have extensive notes from the translators the subs will be straightforward, but we'll get this character's a really thick parody accent or something in the notes. Then when a character talks funny in the dub, someone will inevitably say they talked normal in the sub when that couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of people will probably criticize Megan's performance as Ray as being, she talks really strange, or she doesn't speak like a normal human being. Then again, does anybody in this show speak like a normal human being? God, no. Does anybody... No anywhere speak like a normal human being I, and that's a thing there's like different cultural context clues and yada 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 and that's like the thing where i that's like my my realization it's like people when they see the word doll like they immediately think emotionless and don't realize that dolls may have different expressions painted onto them suited for the environment that they're going into uh, but i think megan's doing a really good job i i definitely want to see her in more things after this uh, she's probably going to be a potential on a lot of people's lists for a uh, voice actor to watch. Though that, too, is also becoming a really stacked list. Thanks, Free. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I think let's move on into final thoughts, starting with Roots. Alright, so in general, like, this dub is really, really refreshing. Um, as we kind of alluded to toward the beginning of the episode... I'm gonna be honest, Funimation's summer simuldub season it was a bit disappointing outside of sequels and continuations and everything that carried over from spring. Like, there really wasn't a lot in terms of variety. Like, multiple sports shows, multiple isekai. Now, mind you, the, the sports shows ended up being something that <clears throat> like in general feel, the sport the sport shows were pretty good but i feel this is indicative of a longer conversation we don't have the time for right but getting back to 
getting back to Angels of Death and the dub. Like, it's... It is a lot more than the sum of its parts. And considering there are so few moving parts in the show compared to, like... You know, compared to, like, a free where there's a bunch of... Like, a bunch of characters interacting with each other in, like, small, subtle ways. You've got, or, like, six here. Or a token Rambu where, literally, you just dra <laughs> you just basically herd 60 boys into a booth and just let them scream like banshees. <laughs> Not even- Hey, we need 60 actors, who's here? <laughs> basically. Hey, you weren't in this, right? Come on, get in here. You're this guy. But, um... Yeah. I swear to God, if they ever make an if they ever make another season of Hanamaru and they adapt the uh, the boy that was designed by the author of Black Butler and it's not played by Brina Palencia, I will be disappointed. <laughs> of course there is. Okay. But uh, they're also played by Yuki. That's the Yuki Kaji one. Like right. I wouldn't say this is like one of the great dubs of 2018 from Funimation, but it is definitely very very high up on the list. It is something I would very highly recommend. And, like, in general, if you're interested in, like, horror anime, horror films, and particularly Grindhouse Cinema, yeah, go for this. Go for the dub. It's it's fun. It's great. Yeah, thumbs up. I'm on. Yeah, no, I'm very much in agreement with Bruce. I really, I've really been enjoying this show and this dub. I think it's a, it's a fun, punchy little show. Uh, as I think I complained about in the Shiki episode way back when, I'm, I like horror stuff. I'm often a little annoyed that a lot of horror anime that tends to get popular, like, there, there's not a lot of it to begin with, it feels like. And a lot of stuff that is well-known is stuff like Helsing, which I like, but it's more of an action show with horror stuff in it than a horror TV show in, in its own right. Uh, so I'm always happy when something like this comes along, and especially happy when I think it's good, which... You know, I'm having a hoot with this show, so... Yeah, no, I, I, I recommend it. I think the dub is very well done. I'm enjoying this as just sort of a fun, trashy romp with a lot of death and upsetting content. Uh, yeah, props all around. Like, I, I think this could have been a tricky show to pull off given that it is so focused on those two specific characters. And I think everyone's done a wonderful job of making this just a really entertaining time. I'm very happy with it. Um... I think this dub is a lot of fun. I think some of the stuff with Zach and Rachel is actually pretty fun and pretty enjoyable banter. And Zach very much steals the show. Dallas Reed's amazing. The 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 cast is really good at what they're doing. I think the dub and the localization are really there's really a lot of passion going into there. I just think this show is very not great like after a while like I, I i watched a lot of these episodes back to back and man like zach and rachel are like the banter between them is the selling point to me and even after a while of that i got kind of bored and started really lies it's just oh i'll kill you or you can't die until i kill you and it's like i was getting bored like the show with a man who is a bandaged mummy man with a scythe and is screaming his lungs out in a freaking electric chair and i'm getting bored of you of this it's like that's 
I, I I was a little disappointed. I think the dub's great. I think I think the dub's great. I, I wouldn't call it like one of the best ones of the year, not even close, but I think the people who are really good in this are really good in this, and there's a lot of passion into it. I just can't exactly recommend the show. Maybe the game. The game's probably really good, and if we do get more RPG maker anime in the future, hopefully we'll get some cool ones down the road, but eh. Uh, like I said, this is probably one of my favorite shows of the year, only be- it's- it's probably in the same tier as, like, Token Rambu and Free Died to Feature, where it's- this is not what I'm objectively calling, like, the best show I've watched this year. That's a place further than the universe, which deserves to be dubbed. Mmm, um, does it? Yeah, that's- that's reserved for a place further than the universe, which is really weird, because this is the second year in a row where, like, this far into the year, my fav- my AOTY has been a winner show. Mm. Um- but no, this dub knows exactly what it is. Fun. It's fun. I'm having fun with this show. I'm having fun listening to all these wonderful actors. It is just a ton of fun. And I love that the amount of care and time it went into the translation of this show. That the actors, cast, and crew are all having a great time. That they're making jokes about it. That they're encouraging people to check out their work. Um, I've seen people who usually are, like, some of the first people I know to be like, dubs suck. They're like, oh, Zach's dub voice is perfection, yada, yada, yada. So, that says a lot about things. Um, obviously this is a show that will either, you will either really like it or really hate it, but the one thing it also is doing really successfully is it makes me want to go buy this game. Mm-hmm. And that says a lot about things. If you would like to buy Angels of Death, you can buy it on Steam, and I believe you can eventually buy it on your Nintendo Switch. That is coming, yes. Yeah, there's a Switch port coming for it. That being said, we're going to wrap this up, because this went on longer than I thought it was going to go on. But then again, we talked about everybody individually. Um, so, if you'd like to watch the sub of Angels of Death, you can watch that over on Crunchyroll. And if you'd like to watch the dub, you can watch that over on Funimation, which it comes out every Tuesday. And I believe the subs come out every Friday. Not yeah, sure. Sub comes out every... Something like that. Sub comes. Yeah, yeah Friday, sub comes out every Saturday, somewhere in the whereabouts. Yeah, comes out over the weekend. And if you would like to buy the manga for Angels of Death, I believe that is out via Yen Press. It's either it's either Yen Press or Seventeen. I believe it is Yen um, Press. I'm gonna clear. Uh, yeah, because yep. I think it's Katokawa. Oh yeah, it is Katokawa. So yep. It is, you can buy one of the mangas out from Yen Press, and then there's another manga called uh, Episode Zero, which has not been pushed out in the United States. Uh, neither is the Satsuin or the novel series. They're all over the Japanese, but you can buy the ongoing manga from Yen Press. And like I said, watch the anime and the anime on Funimation and Crunchyroll and buy the game from uh, Steam or Nintendo Switch. Uh, with that being said, three of you whore yourselves out. Uh, my name is Andrew. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MangaMan9000 or call me Classy Spartan. Uh, outside of this, I also do a- another podcast on Surreal Resolution called Podcast ONA with fellow Dub Talk co-host Jet, where we talk about anime news and the like. I think the last episode I had a big tangent about a lot of the controversial stuff in regards to Alation Studios, which I think there's actually a clip of that on online somewhere. So that was an interesting thing. And yeah, that's what I do. Okay, um, you can find me on Twitter.com at Roots of Justice. Mainly just retweet cute animal pics, sometimes talk about cartoons and anime. 
Like it, it's a it's a fun time. Come follow me. We'll we'll talk. Also, um, I actually do have a general idea of what I want to do with my blog now. Once I get time, I will start that up. You also make good sauce. Oh, I make damn good sauce. <laughs> From tomatoes, I, I grew myself. I want to eat your sauce. Andrew, Andrew, I'll reach to the internet and punch you. Do you not dare. That is a sweet sentiment. Don't you fucking dare. I will drive to Jersey and hit you. <laughs> Thank you, Amon. You're welcome. Amon! And Andrew? Amon, you know what will help? Amon, you know what will help? Is it an if old you song? Recommend a dusty old song for us. Sure. I'm gonna kill you in your sleep. <laughs> So, uh, my, my, my... But I really do want to eat the sauce. It looks delicious. <gasps> All so right, my... Andrew. This is the first time I get to say this to you, like, in the course of the show. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> I'm not even upset. I'm I proud. love you so much! <laughs> this is why I date you. Yeah, sure enough. Anyway, okay. I'm on. Let's... Plug my yourself, name. my friend. My name is Amon. You can find me on Twitter at AmonDuelUS. Duel has two U's in it. Where I talk about horror movies and comics. And starting sometime next year, I'm probably going to start freaking out about the Doom Patrol TV series, which keeps casting people that I want to see in a TV series. It's very it looks weird. so good! They have Tim Timothy Dalton's going to be in it! Timothy Dalton, Brendan Fraser, which is also good. Amazing. Um, and you also hear me talk about music, and so I'm going to recommend a dusty old song. Since we were talking about a horror show, I felt it appropriate to pick something related to horror media. Uh, which, aside from scores and soundtracks, uh, there isn't too much out there. There's a very doofy Alice Cooper song about Jason Voorhees called He's Back. I don't particularly recommend that one. But I'm going to recommend the best version of these which is Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield, which you'll know for two places. One, it's the theme to The Exorcist. And two, it was blatantly ripped off by whoever did the Death Note soundtrack for Elle's theme. Sounds quite I'm, tubular. I'm, I'm really not sure how they got away with that. That is a very well-known song. Anyways. Also, I'm not like, gonna... a, another like dusty song recommendation is actually pretty much an entire album. The mm -hmm. Director's Cut by Fantomas. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Which is just basically Mike Patton redoing a lot of like theme songs to movies. It's great. Alright. I'm not gonna lie, I saw an image today. I I saw an image today that was literally it was called the Texorcist. <laughs> and it was the Exorcist, but the Exorcist, the priest was a guy in like a ten gallon hat with like a Texas shaped buckle. And I was like, get! Go on, get! <laughs> I miss Texas. Yeah. I want to go back Beautiful. next year. Texas is such a good state. It's such a good visit. I want to uh, go anyway, back I'm... and I want to see you guys. Aw. All right. <laughs> and then can I eat? <laughs> Megan, stop nope. while you're <laughs> ahead. I'm going to stop while I'm ahead because there's a picture. Of, there's just a loop of Haru swimming on my screen. Anyway, uh, you can follow me at Queenier2 on Twitter. You can hang out with Andrew and myself at the Funimation Discord and forums. Just doing shit. Um... And yeah, you can follow me at Tweener too. You can follow Dub Talk at the Dub Talk Podcast Twitter, uh, YouTube channel, we don't have a Facebook, Tumblr, and our Twitch channel, where our boss has literally just been playing Doki Doki Literature Club. All day. Um, <laughs> all day. Uh, but that being said, 
Guys, we made it! We made it out of the basement! Woo! Yeah! What, what did we the... find? Uh, we Day found... Light? We found a key, a dead body, and, uh, just this pair of human vocal cords labeled Dallas Reed. I found oh, a rock. Alright. I, I, I got a rock. I, found, I got a rock. I found this weird puzzle box I'm gonna try and solve. Surely nothing right. bad will come of this. No, 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 no! That's how you get Cenobites on one.